G'day there, lovely listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Finnovator with me, Stuart Bell. I am a business coach, author of Finnovation, creator of something called the Leverage Advice Firm Program, and I love talking about stuff when it comes to building better advice businesses, in particular when it's sort of on the, the future-focused part of things. Uh, have you ever had an experience where you know somebody uh, so long, and in this case, this person I worked with for years at MLC, and you realize after a while that you don't necessarily know them as well as you think. So you go down to Melbourne or wherever, and you catch up and for, a, for a breakfast meeting, and a breakfast meeting turns into a mid-morning meeting, and it turns into an afternoon meeting, and next thing you know, you're sitting at a table in a cafe, you've been there all morning, and this person is just drilling into every facet of your soul, you're talking about things left, right, and center, you ask yourself the question, why did I take so long? to have that kind of conversation and go this deep. Well, Kim Payne's that person. The conversation I'm speaking to, uh, we got to a point where she was able to articulate and drill down so deeply, not just the value of what I do, but why I do it. Not that sort of, I do it because it's my purpose, all that sort of stuff. I mean, literally the stuff that happened in my life years and years ago that led me to want to do a certain thing. That's another story. But when somebody's able to sort of nut you down and nail who you are and why you do what you do, so clearly that it's almost scary. You realize that they've got a gift. Uh, Kim Payne is the person I had the conversation with and she is the person I'm going to talk to on this episode of Finnovator. We're going to be talking about value and I think value propositions, understanding yours, being able to communicate it, the avenues, that's her thing. In this uh, episode, we talked through something called the value formula and it formed the basis of a program she uh, launched recently. Uh, and if you want to check it out, go and check out her website at 9rock.com.au. And that's a 9-R-O-K. Uh, and if you like it, email her and she'll tell you all about her, the value formula that formed the basis for it. But uh, look, bottom line is, I think everybody needs to understand their value. I think everybody, we all need to be able to articulate it and make sure that whatever we're putting out there, whatever our offer is to clients to work with us, to start with and ongoing, that it's not just about what we can do and the services or the activities, but more importantly, it's about the outcomes that clients want, uh, how you make their life better, how you remove their pain, their frustration, their concerns, the time it takes to get there being reduced uh, and being able to show them that advice is more than just about numbers or actions or filling out forms. It's about the big shiny outcome at the end of it uh, and being able to get there safely and uh, more easily. Anyway, Let's let the conversation do the rest of the talking. I hope you enjoy this episode of The Finnovator with Kim Payne. Let's uh, hand over now to Kim and let's dive into the value formula. How do you introduce somebody that you've known for 20 years? And it's, it's, it's strange because Kim, I first met Kim back in MLC days in the early 2000s. Uh, and even back then, I remember being super impressed by, you know, her. I mean, everybody who spent time with Kim will know she's just got this energy about her. But she's also razor smart. But it took me 20 years of knowing someone to actually sit down and have a get-to-know-you conversation. It sounds, sounds crazy, but that's the way it worked. And this particular get-to-know-you question took place in Melbourne. I flew down there for uh, LTMA, uh, which is a great event, by the way, if you're looking for something for next year. And she and I caught up for, for breakfast. And the breakfast soon turned into brunch, which turned into lunch. But there was one moment in that conversation where she asked me, she, she fixed me with the uh, you know, her business eyes. And she said, why do you do what you do? And I sort of started to answer the question and I just became aware that she was looking at me, you know, you know, when someone's looking at you and they're sort of taking things in, you can, you can hear they're listening to you and they're watching your body language. And about two minutes into this, she said, no, that's not it. 
And I was like, okay, so why is it? And she, I'm not going to say what she said, but she hit me back with a, this is why you do what you do. And it was all about the stuff we'd spoken about, sort of upbringing, and we got pretty deep. And in that moment, I, I, I told her exactly how I felt. I felt like I'd just been, my, my soul, this insight into, into who I am, what I'd ripped open, and she nailed it. And I said, I said to her, at this moment, I feel like I want to run screaming out of this cafe like someone's just nailed it. But I actually, I, I thanked her for it um, because she was able to, in, a, in, that, in that moment, really connect me with, you know, what was motivating me. And, I, and it went way back. And I think this is why I wanted to run this webinar today because uh, <laughs> off the back of that conversation, I ended up, and I think a lot of people call her this anyway, but she is an absolute value doctor. She has this ability to go deep and she's been doing this a long time working with businesses all over Australia. She's got so many hats. It's like, uh, it's like uh, Alice in Wonderland Tea Party down there. And, uh, but this is her thing. This is her, her thing that she's great at. So I wanted to introduce you to her uh, and hopefully walk out of here with you know, the insight from, from, from 20 plus years of working with businesses and really understanding this value piece. Because I think uh, when you spend a bit of time one-on-one with her, you realize you know, how... How, how much positive energy she brings to it, as well as some deep, deep knowledge. So with no further ado, let me bring the superstar on the, onto the stage. Okay, uh, start my video. Yes, can you see me? I can indeed. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Very well indeed. Wow. Did I do okay with the intro? Oh, my God. Can I say in all the years of doing the work I've done, I've never, ever had an intro like that. So... Um, and guess what? I didn't even pay you for it, so thank you. That, that conversation we had in Melbourne, I mean, I think I, I actually told, I re, I told you that at that moment in time inside, my hands were just pushing back from the table. I was running for the door. Yeah. But it was just, uh, yeah, I, I literally went back and, and I think about two days later, I updated my website because it was just so powerful. Yeah, it's kind of nice when someone tells you that what you've just shared with them actually makes them want to run and leave you and get as far away as you can. So that's super encouraging. <laughs> But no, it was. In a kind of, you know, I was feeling really vulnerable, but at the same time, you know, it was, it was incredibly powerful. So, no, thanks. Hey, cool. um, I, I, it's strange how we've known each other for so long, but it took us so long to actually sit down and get to know each other. But I know there's a lot of people on here, here who will already know about you. But for those who don't, can you give us just a, the two minute who you work with, who you help, how, 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 you know, how your business works? Yeah, so um, the kind of advisors that I work with are those that they've already got a good business, but they're stuck. They're stuck. They've run out of time. They don't know what to do next. They're probably feeling a little bit undervalued. They're probably feeling like they're not getting paid what they're worth. And a lot of them are those that go into business to actually have the freedom that they think that they're going to get other than being in the corporate world. But in actual fact, they're just so tied to the business that they can't do that. So I work with those where they say, Radio, this is, this is my reality. I want more. I deserve more, but I don't know what to do next. So mm. literally like a doctor, I get in there, we work out what's going on, where some of the roadblocks are. And a lot of the time they're mental roadblocks. Um, so we get in there, diagnose it, and then we work out what to do. Sometimes that's a treatment plan. Um, sometimes it's just dishing out a script and they've got to go and take the medication or sometimes it's like a check-in where they've got to come, like you go have a health check with the doctor, that kind of thing. But all of that is to try and get them to the point where they can work with more clients, yeah. where they can get paid what they're worth, and yeah. that they can build something that makes them really proud. So that's, that's kind of the very squeezed up summary version of what I do. I, lo I love the pride thing because I think um, yeah. with, what, with everything that's going on in the industry right now, I think a, yeah. a lot of advisors 
it's, it's hard not to take it on board. And I think, um, I mean, I, I, I'd argue what we're seeing, what we saw in front of the Royal Commission was mostly to do with corporate fraud. But um, I think pride is really important because I, I think as an industry, there's a lot of good people who do great things. And uh, you, sometimes you've got to put to the side that the media are just going with the 160 character thing. But yeah, right yeah. now. It's, it's, oh, it's, totally. And it's interesting too, what drives a lot of, especially if you've gone out and started your own business, is status. And I don't mean ego, but status that I can put my hand on my heart and say, hey, I'm really proud of what I've done to mm. myself, to my family, to my friends, to my kids, <laughs> to my colleagues. It's such a big part of it. And if you've started a business to get that feeling, and you're not getting it, the amount of businesses that I speak to that say, you know what, I've been in business for 10 years and Kim, I'm actually embarrassed that I'm where I'm at. I thought I'd be in a different place. It's like radio, but you're here now, let's let's turn things around. So it's, it's interesting. So let's let's go back to the beginning because yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know this whole story, but I'm going to take some notes as we go. How did you end up in this industry? How did you end up you know, doing the specifically what you do. What did it, tell me the, the early journey, how, how you sort of started down this route. Yeah, so it's really interesting. Um, I've always been the numbers science geek at school. Like that was just my thing. And ironically, I wanted to be a doctor and I'll tell you about that story shortly. Um, but after school, I did economics and I started working in stockbroking and I had about the next seven or eight years working in stockbroking and relationship management. But my father had been a risk advisor and had done really well in that space. And as much as I never wanted to follow in his footsteps and actually did everything possible to stay away from that, I ended up becoming very interested in financial planning. So I did all my studies, even though I'd, I'd always studied in finance and investment um, type of activity. And then I started as a financial advisor. Yep. And when I was advising, um, a couple of things came up. Firstly, this is back in the early 2000s. So if I tell you I'm 28, uh, you now know I'm lying. Um, but secondly, I was sitting opposite older clients and in particular um, couples and the woman would say very undiplomatically, you know, what gives you the right to give me advice? You're young and you're female. So... <laughs> You know, kind of a bit of a, a slap in the guts. And I'll give you the what happened after that. But what I found is that I was more interested than in how the business was running as opposed to how my clients were going, which is not very good when you're a financial advisor. What I realised is I was just on the wrong side of the fence. So from that, I left. And after a couple of other jobs as a training consultant at 360, um, I became one of the uh, consultants in the consulting team where we would actually go into all the licensee businesses that were aligned with MLC NAB yep. and literally look at what was going on, what was holding them back, you know, why were profits, profits plateauing, why weren't they getting the results they wanted, and we would help them do that. Perfect. And I stayed with NAB for about 10 years and then I let, left there and started my own business and have been doing that ever since then. So... It came from always loving numbers and finance and maths into working out where I found my place, which is helping businesses use all of that, but, you know, build and grow a better business that, you know, like I said before, they can work with more people, they can get paid what they're worth and do something that makes them proud. So that's kind of the very short, long story of my background. So that's really interesting that you've gone from a scientific analytical background to a place now, which is by, by definition, value is notoriously difficult yes. to objectively measure. Yes. Like, how does, how does that shift occur? Was it, was it sudden? Was there a moment? Or has it just been a natural evolution? 
Yeah, I, it's, it is really interesting because I still have this absurd love of spreadsheets and numbers. However, what really floats my boat is taking that and how you can then apply it to someone's life. And that's why going back to what I said about this, these couples where the woman kept questioning how could I be giving them advice when I was young and female. Um, and I worked out, I never, I never really answered it properly when I was advising, but I worked out, wow, there's so much more than just being good with numbers, mm. We're dealing with people. And then fast forward um, a number of years, and this is pre-getting married, I was dating, uh, dating lots of different guys. Anyway, I was working at MLC still as a, an as a consultant. And I was on this date with this guy. He was an older guy. He'd been the CEO of lots of different financial services companies and that. But then he sort of found the light and left the corporate world. So we had a few dates and didn't, wasn't really working out. And he said, you know, I'm going to give you some feedback. I'm like, wow, I didn't really ask for it. Um, he said, you're very, very corporate. And I was like, what? Like, and what do you mean? And he said, I feel that, you know, when we're talking, you know, that it's all corporate, you've got an outcome you want to achieve, it's all very almost scientific, like you, you knew what you were going to ask when you came in here and everything. And I remember, one, I thought it was an insult, <laughs> which, which it was, but I'd never let it go. And I think that was a turning point for me when I realised I don't think I'm relating as well as a human to other humans as I could be. I've got this corporateness about me. And from that day on, I thought I've got to lose it. I've got to lose the corporate jargon. I've got to lose that corporate stiffness yeah. that I had. I'm not saying other people in the corporate world have it, but I had it. And ever since then, I've really found my thing is how to help people talk better to humans. How do you engage better at that, you know, human to human level? Even if you've got all the technical smarts and you're, you know, a wizard with the numbers, you've got to know how to communicate at that level and that's really for me where it came from so that date actually ended up being valuable it's funny how these there's these moments where um people hit you with the whole truth i mean there's a oh. great book called fierce conversations which puts forward the idea that the quality of your life can be measured by the number of awkward conversations you have and i, th I think it's so true yes um I and, and crazy dates too i've learned a lot through dating <laughs> we both work with von nielsen who's still a good friend of mine. And she was, um, yes. at the time she was going through a bodybuilding phase, she, she literally went from being not bodybuilder to national champion or New South Wales champion. And wow. she one time picked me up and, and she asked me where something was. And I said, look, I, did, I don't know. And she says, she looked me in the eyes in that way that Yvonne did and said, well, don't you think it's your job to know? <laughs> and in that moment, it was like, holy moly. You know, it was, it hurt yeah. that time. You know, it, it, it had an impact. It's something I, I've, I've remembered. It's interesting about the MLC thing as well because obviously with the, the, the journey framework, you know, a lot of that used to be going you know, talking about corporatizing businesses. Yes. Talk about, okay, we've got to have this uh, operations management, HR strategy and all the rest of it, which was in, in many ways it was, it was good. Mm. But for a lot of businesses that you now you look at it and realize it was maybe it was just kind of a step too far in many, in many ways. Yeah. As a result, we were, we were talking really corporate concepts that made sense in that lend-lease environment, but maybe weren't as, as, as telling to, to businesses as they could, certainly early stages they could have been, right? That's right. And I think, you know, if you look at what social media has done too, like it's in some respect has been great because it's allowed us to connect with people that we wouldn't have otherwise been able to, either mm. because we didn't have the reach or maybe they're on the other side of the world and you can do all that. But what it also has done is taken that personal touch away 
And I definitely think as a result, there's been a move back to human. How do I get back to connecting? And ironically, on the news this morning, <coughs> they had a specialist come on talking about um, almost digital autism, where younger generations, and in particular females, are so addicted to their devices now that they're finding it awkward to be now in social situations and social settings. And I find that, you know, even in the advice space, there's some relevance in that too, that we've become so used to just doing what we do the way we do it that we've stopped to step back and say, hey, there's another human on the end of this. Is this the best way we could be doing things or should we do it differently? Yeah. So, yeah. It's like we're coming to an interesting place with, I mean, Apple have now got the screen time thing. You know where that's going. It's, 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 it's the whole thing about is digital new smoking sort of thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, let's, yeah. Can we talk about, obviously, um, there's, a, there's a whole sort of lead up to this, but at some point you would have started to go down this route of really focusing down on the value piece. Yes. more and more what was the what was the epiphany that that was a what was needed and b what you could best do yeah so at the time i was when i was working at mlc i was working in um the consulting team and we looked at all areas of the business from financial management through to everything you do with the client the offer the pricing mm-hmm. um the marketing piece the process and particularly process from an efficiency point of view not so much a client experience point of view and also uh, HR, the people management. And when I left MLC and I still did this kind of work with my clients, I found that I was having bigger impact when we touched on the value piece. So I'll give you an example. I've been working with a really um, high-profile financial advisor who won many awards that, and she was quite obsessed with increasing her prices. But we sort of went over this and over this and over this for, well, when I say months, it kind of almost felt like it went into years. She constantly wanted to do more spreadsheets to test the price and then rework something and then redo her offer and then redo this. And she never found that she could justify the price increase, no matter what spreadsheet, no matter how many numbers we crunched or what have you. Yeah. Anyway, I, I kind of got to the point where it's like, you know what, you need to get rid of all of this. And we just focused on... What does she do? How does she help her clients? I got her to write a list of all of the clients whose lives she's changed over the last 12 months, Mm. what impact she had, what difference she made, um, the conversations that she's having. I got her to do this and we spent a lot of time working out, well, what really is your value? Because it's not just your technical ability. It's not just your um, ability to put a strategy in place. It's your ability to really change their thinking, to change their behaviour to get inside and answer questions that they didn't even know they had. So we really focused on this. And this is um, a bit of a sidestep, but equally important. Mm. She had a team of people and she wasn't as great at engaging them as she should have, which also related to her engagement with her clients. So it's very similar. Anyway, she was going to take them all away on a retreat, which she'd never done before. And we sat down and she said, okay, well, I'm going to um, buy them all an iPad. So on the night, you know, in between the retreat, I'm going to put the iPad on their beds and give them that little surprise. And I said to her, okay, so they all want iPads, do they? She said, "Uh, I don't know. It's like, well, why would you do that? And I said to her, I want you to now go and have coffee with every single member of your team and find out secret squirrel, if you were going to spend that sort of money, what would you get them? But you're not allowed to tell them that that's your intention. You've just got to do it. 
Yeah. Anyway, so she kind of, you know, got very defensive and said, what, you want me to have coffee with them and not talk work? And she literally sat back, arms crossed. I said, yeah, I actually do. Right. And to her credit, she did. And guess what? She didn't buy one single one an iPad. But the beautiful part of that was that even though I was helping her engage her team, she realised that that's also the kind of relationship she had with her clients. Mm. She never got deep. She never got personal. She never went, you know, I kind of talk about the difference between scuba diving and snorkelling. She'd always snorkeled with her clients. She never went down into the depth of what drove them, what motivated them, what their values were, what their purpose was. And when we finally got to this stage and she started doing this with her clients, everything changed. So back to the original part of the story, when it came to her pricing, I said to her, right, you're now fully equipped with everything you need to increase your prices. From today onwards, you are increasing all prices across the board by 20%. Now, after she fell off her chair, she did it. And to her credit, over the next 12 months, she got better at explaining how valuable she was in their life. They got better at understanding her value and every single new client was on the higher fee and every single existing client, bar a couple, ended up moving up to the new fee of 20%. So ultimately, she increased her business revenue by 20% doing not much difference other than a different conversation with her client. And that for me was when I realised this is this is my my thing, my kind of superpower. If I can help this a business like this, and like I said, she had a really big profile, make these kind of changes, I reckon I need to do more of this. Plus, I had a hoot of a time doing it. It was fun. It was fulfilling me, doing all the things that I want to do with advisors. Um, plus, it was getting the results. And from then on in, I really started to narrow my focus away from, yes, the financials are important, Yes, the process is important and the people are important, but if we can get this this value bit right and you can embed that throughout your whole business, that's where the magic happens. And I'd say that to anyone. I mean, like yeah. we talk about scale and the easiest way to scale a business is, is pricing. Yeah, totally. Same, exactly the same as you're doing. Yep. You wake up next day and it's, you've got more revenue. And it's yeah. businesses are too, haven't got enough profit and they're too busy Straight away, that's the first thing you look for. And it's going to become a big issue over the next 12 months because of what's going on. But no, that's great. But also a lot of businesses that I um, will first approach me say, oh, I need, I need you to help me with my pricing. Right. And then yeah. I say, yeah, yeah, I get that. But it's actually not about the price. It's about how do you explain value to your clients? How do you help re-engage them? How do you get them excited? And yeah. they're like, wow, that's going to take a while. It's like, yeah, it will. It's, but gee, it's worth it. It's like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's almost equivalent to going to your personal trainer and say, like, I want yeah. a six-pack. How many sit-ups should I do? And you go, no, no, no. <laughs> exercise is, you know, there's, yeah. no, there's no exercise that's going to give you a six-pack. It's a combination yeah. of things. So it's the same with pricing. Yeah, exactly the same, yeah. Um, let's, I really want to, let's dive into the, the value thing because there's a whole yeah. bunch of stuff that people want to talk about. Yes. Before we just jump into that, I want to ask, that conversation we had where you were able to go, you know, listen to everything I was saying and just yes. pick out this stew for a whole bunch of stuff that happened in your in your history, you're about fixing. Yes. How did you do it? How, what, do you just see the moment or is there a framework around it? So I'm obsessed with this stuff and I've become obsessed with value. So reading all the time, podcasts all the time. And I fell in love with Simon Sinek, you know, the start with why concept. I've read all his books, all his podcasts. Um, I've probably done so much around this space and 
as a result, I started just testing it with clients and I'd sort of start testing and I'd think, yeah, I'm not going deep enough, I'm not going deep enough. So it kind of, it happened over time. But what was most important to me is I did it to myself. And to be honest, Stuart, I reckon it took me years and years and years mm-hmm. to work out why I do what I do. Um, but through testing it and testing it and testing it with clients and then getting some, like what happened with you, getting some wins where someone goes, oh, my goodness, I finally understand why I do what I do. And I'm thinking, okay, so what did I do with them? Okay, I did this, that worked. So there is a bit of a process that I follow to get to that point. Um, some people get there really quickly and some take a lot longer, some resist. Yeah. Whereas some happen yet. I've bought so many online courses in this space. Like I've done the research and done the work. So it hasn't been an overnight, you know, wow, this is this is what you've got to do. It takes time. And I'll be honest, sometimes I am working with advisors and it, it does take a lot longer to get to that point. Yeah. But we normally do get there as long as I follow quite a, like I said, it's not a strict process, but there are certain things that you've got to do to get someone to that point. So um, you were just very, very open to the questions I was asking, which was delightful. Yeah. <laughs> very, which is, no, it was uh, like, you, I learned something. Good, excellent, yeah. That, you know, obviously, you know, if you're going that deep with someone, you're going to get an emotional reaction, but if you can weather that, it was just so useful. Absolutely. And, and to be honest as well, a lot of advisors are helping clients and they don't touch on this because they don't actually know it themselves. They don't know what really drives them. A lot of people say, I want to help people. It's like, well, everyone wants to help people. Why do you do this specifically? Why do you do it yourself? Why do you do it in this business? Why this industry? Because there's other ways you could help people. So when you start to do that, a lot of that is self-reflection and personal development. But when you get that right, then it makes it easier to do with clients. Now, you might not be as direct, but when you understand why they do what they do, it explains their behaviour, it explains um, the decisions they've made in the past, it it helps you understand how you're going to work with them in the future. And so the benefits are incredible. So even, you know, talking about the value piece, always for me the number one starting point is you've got to know why you do what you do. Why do you get out of bed every morning and come and do the work that you do every day? Can I, uh, I put, uh, this is a question for you. Do you yes. find there's any link between the length of time people have been in business and the clarity around, you know, their why? Is there any? No. No, okay. No, 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 no. I, I've, been on, I've worked with businesses that, or business owners that have been doing what they're doing for 30 years and they do it and they love it and they've got a vague idea but they've never been up to nail exactly what it is. Yet I get others that are reasonably new in business and they are so clear they just need a bit of tweaking, but they're so clear why they're doing what they're doing. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any direct correlation between how long they've been doing it to how quickly they can have this realisation. Are there any um, factors that you tend to see more prevalent in people who are really clear versus those who aren't? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm... Yeah, yeah no, um, no, there really is. So I know that even when I first started running my own business and a lot of people over the next few years said, <laughs> you know, what's the biggest revelation? And I said, the personal development. I didn't realise that the scrutiny and the, what I would put myself through from a personal development point of view would be so obvious. Mm. Those that have been more attuned and engaged in personal development of, of any description, who read more, who mm. analyse things a little bit more, I find they tend to, that's a stereotype, but they tend to be those that are clearer in their why sooner. But that, like, that's a generalisation. Um, but yeah. I definitely find yeah, those who are into a lot more personal development and, you know, whether that's core 
horses, reading, um, coaches, a lot of those who are into coaches. I mean, I'm a big, big, big fan of, I've always had coaches and I do believe that that's, and a lot of where I came up with my why was I was sacking a lot of coaches um, because I'd engaged them to help me with my business and they kept wanting to dig into my personal life. And (laughs) I just kept saying, I I don't want to talk about my personal life and my background and my upbringing. And one, it was one, one day who said to me, do you not realise that that stuff going on in your personal life is actually what's holding you back in your business life? And that sort of epiphany, I'm like, oh, fruit. So I went and re-engaged a previous coach and yeah, it, it all went from there. So again, you've got to be open to the whole personal development and you'll get there quicker. Mind you, there are those that aren't and they still get there. So yeah. I hope that sort of answered that very... Yeah, that's useful. We've uh, yeah. got, a, got a coach that, um, a performance coach that I've worked with personally. I know people on the program called Ben Elliott. Yes. And yeah, he's very much about that. He's like, there comes a point in a business, you can have the greatest business model, but if it's not working, it, the only thing left is a mindset problem. Yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a bunch of topics that have come up and please keep the questions going. Some of the things that people want to know about is value proposition. Yes. How do you then take that value proposition and translate it to an online, your website, that sort of stuff? Yes. How do you get really good at articulating the benefits? What's yes. the link between price, fees, value? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind putting it out there about the whole, you know, marketing yourself based on giving peace of mind. Uh, I, for me, it just, it's, it's got that real sort of, um, Motherhood statements. I'm really interested in knowing yeah. whether you think we could talk a bit about the danger of, of motherhood. Talk, yeah. I'd love to sort of explore a little bit about communications. But um, when do you want to sort of talk about? The, I mean, there's an over there's an overriding sort of um, framework that you've got around this. Yes. Would, it be, would it be appropriate to talk about that now? I, I reckon it would, Stuart, because the the kind of things that I can answer, there is a logical order that if we follow them. Um, it's going to be easier. Like, there's no magic bullet. I'm so sorry to tell you all. But, you know, I get a lot of people saying, hey, I just need a value proposition. And it's yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to give you that because there is certainly a process that you follow. And if you follow the process, um, you'll get the benefits and you'll end up understanding what your value proposition is. I hate the word value proposition because, yeah, a lot of us think we've got a one, one statement that we can use, that's it. But really, a value proposition is around helping people understand why they should work with you, why they should stay with you and re-engage you, why they should pay you and why they should refer you. And you can't do all of that in one sentence. You just I, I, I prefer to talk about it. What's the promise you make about the result you're going to help them get? Mm. Um, totally, yeah, much better. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. Yes, so if we go through the framework, that'll probably give me some so guidance. You showed me this last time in, in Sydney. So kind of the concept of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, where we, we start at the bottom, we... Right. Get that right and we, we work our way up. Don't jump to the top because, you know, you can't sort of self-actualise if you're worried about, you know, where you're going to get your next few. So generally this is, a, this is a journey that most people it's go on. And yeah. that's the whole thing about there's certain journeys you, you can't cut corners, you can just accelerate the speed at which you go up. Spot on, absolutely. Which is also the, 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 the client marketing funnel as well. You can't. <laughs> totally, yes. Okay, so um, walk us through it. Okay, so let's start from the bottom. Uh, This is where I call this the value curious space. This is where you start to become very curious about value full stop. So part of this is understanding your why and why you do what you do, but also starting to get a lot of research and feedback from clients. So again, if you're going to do this properly, you've got to know what your clients value and you can't assume what they value. Um, Too often I see advisors put their own perception on what they do because they think this is what clients say. You've got to test it. So little things like a value survey, and I say a value survey, not a 
satisfaction survey because it's not about just are my, are my clients satisfied with how quick we return their queries. If, if you could get inside their minds and ask the questions that you've always wanted answers to, what would those questions be? What do they value? What don't they value? I was reading a book the other day called What Customers Crave and he talks about you've got to know what clients love and what they hate. So when I say love and hate, it's like, for instance, I love it when I call up and you've already got all my information there ready and waiting for me so I don't have to waste any time. I hate it when I call up and you kind of bumble away and it seems like you don't know who I am. Right. So, you know, get into that. But you've got to do the research, got to do get the validation, you've got to get in there and be curious. You've also got to put your own self in the shoes of a client in general. So this is where I started where I became very aware of, or very curious, sorry, curious is, is what this space is, very curious about why would I go and buy something over there yet it wasn't always the cheapest. But what was my own behaviour as a customer mm -hmm. out in the real world? And it's made me a terrible client or a terrible customer anywhere because I'm always looking for what's in it for me. And so the, the first part in really understanding your value and getting to a point where you can clearly articulate it is get so, so, so super curious. Ask questions, dig deep, get validation from clients, get inside their minds and find out what they're thinking. Do the research, put yourself in their shoes and just get that information. That is absolutely the first stage. Give us one killer question to ask clients, of people when you want to know, and one just to stay away from, if you could. I know it's put you right on the spot now, haven't I? Yeah, it has. Um, one of the best things I think here is, tell me about what money meant to you growing up. <laughs> the you insight. There you go again. The, yeah, the insight you get from that question is, <laughs> Uh, nothing even compares. Yeah. And this is kind of back to when we did our why thing, Stuart, is, you know, what, what was life like and how did you behave? How did you see your parents use money? Because that shapes every decision you make. And when you're getting curious about that, you do that and it answers so many other questions yeah. around value. So that would be the number one question. Okay. Um, that's, that's fantastic. I hope that helps, yes. Yeah. Um, and you said one question to stay away from? Yeah, one that you just see time and time again and go, you're not going to learn, you will not learn anything from that question. Uh, well, it's, there's another question I liked. Um, the other question is just, you know, what do you want financially? What are your financial goals? Because I don't know about you, but I, I don't have financial goals. I've got goals I want and things I want to do in life that I need money for. I do, yeah. Exactly. But they're not financial goals. And yet so many advisors, you know, they send out, you know, what are your financial goals, short-term, medium-term, long-term? If you had and they wonder why they don't get the answer. Like I like the question. If you had a bank account full of money, what are the first yeah. three things you'd spend money on? Beautiful. If, and by the way, you knew that that money would just refill next Absolutely. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I, I'm trying to write a book about that, but I haven't got quite far enough. Oh, no, do it, do it. That would be so cool. Because the other really good question too that I love is what do you want your money for? So, you know, a lot of people come in, they say they've got financial goals, but the advisor never links it up with, well, what do you want that money for? So, you know, you're talking about you want 10% returns on your portfolio or, you know, you want to have this and that, but, but what do you want it for? Because that is going to then drive yeah. all of the other decisions and that, that the advisor can help the client make. Yet I, some do it really well, but there is a lot of advisors who still, I think, don't get a grasp of that early enough in the conversation um, which means that, you know, you, you're kind of taking that why away, you know, because money's a means to an end. It's not the end itself for most people. 
Um, yeah, totally. But you've got to know what that that end is and it's you know it's usually not just the dollar value so they're, they're my two favorite questions there's a great piece of research called by Stephen dr Stephen rice called the 16 motivators of all human behavior which ah. really interesting it talks about you know some people are motivated by status revenge security family legacy honor and ultimately you know I've, every time I've, I've run buzzes through it and i go is there any of those that you do not service and you someone will go well got nothing to do with food i'm like really mm. Last time I checked, uh, yeah. restaurants, higher class, there's a whole bunch of people who love going to really expensive restaurants around the world. Anyway. Yeah, love uh, it, love it. Cool. Look, it's a research paper called uh, Dr. Stephen Rice. I think it's called 16 Motivators of All Human Behavior. Ah, uh, cool. Will you, um, yeah, I, I want to get a copy of that. Uh, I'm actually just going to drop this question and then we'll talk about step two. JC wants to know, um, so yeah, it's really good. If you ask question, clients or prospects these questions, how do you show them that you listen and understand? Do you follow up with a letter summarizing, for example, or, you know, what's the best way to do it? Yeah, okay, so really good question. Um, firstly is the whole, you know, questioning, listening kind of skills. So when you are listening, doing the whole acknowledging, so what I hear is so that you get that right. Mm. And at the end of the meeting, again, summarizing what you found. And always, <laughs> always, always, you need to follow up with the client the next day or two and this is where I see a lot of advisors, they do the follow-up, which is the, the formal stuff that you've got to do, you know, the technical stuff or whatever. I mean follow-up on a human level. Mm. So the three key takeaways from the meeting was that we worked out you need X, Y, and Z. They're either outcomes or benefits to the client. That is one thing that should be a must really after nearly every meeting you have. And that's where you would test it to say, you know, so growing up, um, the things that really held you back were that, you know, money was really limited. So you started to think money will always be limited. You've never been able to spend without guilt. And um, you kind of think that you're never going to be that person that has that money kind of security because it never, you've never seen it before. So working together, they're three of the things that we need to conquer. We need to get around and then you can go into the formality. Wow. So that's how I would go about recognizing it. And if you've got that wrong, um, you're hoping that the client would come back and, and say, oh, 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 not quite. This is what I mean. Wrong. Yeah. Okay. So let's yeah. talk about the step one is, is in the way you go down this journey is first just start really digging deep, having a look, understand yep. personally, asking a lot of questions. Yes. Where, what's the next, what happens next? Okay. The next stage I call value aware. And okay. this is where you've done the research. Now you're looking at the passions. You're looking at the language that people use, um, the way they're doing things. And I, I had to help a guy, this is years and years and years ago, do a video of, that he was going to put on his website. And he was an older advisor, had been around for quite a while. And so we sort of um, started doing a role play. And I said, okay, if, we'll get, if the camera started rolling now, tell me, you know, um, a bit about you. It was the same stuff every single person says, I've been around the industry for a while, there's nothing I haven't seen, you know, I'm skilled, I'm qualified, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, this is not going to work. So I said to him, what I want you to do now is go home and over the next week I want you to ask clients, family members, friends, what they think you do and what it is about you that they find endearing. Anyway, so he went off to his credit, did all of this, and he came back and he said to me, um, oh, Kim, they called me a bulldog. <laughs> and I said, oh, interesting, how are we going to make this work? And I said, give me the reason why. He said, because whenever I work on anything in my life, I'm like a bulldog. I clench on and I don't let go until it's completely done or finished or resolved or whatever. And I thought, 
yes, that's exactly what we need. So then he started, um, you know, the video is all about, you know, people call me a bulldog and this is why. But the, the key there was he became, through doing the research that I made him do and going and asking people what they thought he did, what it was like working with him, he became then very aware of how he did follow through all the time and he did hold people's hands through times when it was tough. So he was able to then start to change his conversation all off the back of the fact that people called him a bulldog. They'd recognised it. He just had never recognised it enough to understand. So when you become really aware of your value, and that's through doing the research and everything, you start to say, okay, so people think this about me. Like the other day I was, I've done this with a, an advisor who have just done the survey and that, and one of the things that people came back and said is she's really, really thorough to the point of annoying, yeah. but she's really thorough. And she said, you know what, I just thought every advisor was like this. So now it's like she's aware. So it's how can we use that skill of her? And she's an ex-engineer. So it, it kind of makes sense. But how can we now use that and start to pull that into things like her website copy, into her email and marketing communications, into her everyday language with clients that, you know, part of working with us is, you know, I'm an engineer, I'm really thorough, but I'm okay. going to get right into the nitty-gritty. I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to scuba dive, not snorkel. And we're going to make sure that no end is untied or loose end is left. And that gives a lot of her clients a lot of that, that peace of mind to get more motherhood just by taking a word that clients use about her all the time and then looking at how she can really scale it across her business. And it's done wonders. The one, I love the one word thing. If you can literally, if you can find yeah. one word. And, and I think that when we started talking about this, it's like, you know, when you start to, everyone goes, I want a value proposition. And yeah. they, hopefully they do the bit of the research. They start to understand that what the clients are looking for, their hot buttons. But the really bit where you start to kick it up is when you start to recognize, you know, they're taking an interest, but there's that thing that's your truth. That's your strength. It's your, yes. your unique ability, whatever you want to call it. And Superpower. when you connect with that, yeah. When you yeah. connect with that, suddenly it just, you're almost, and this is the point you made is, yeah. um, I'm going to write this down because this is when we were speaking. You yes. kind of, you feel the discussion starting to click. Absolutely. And she was the same thing. She was like, oh my gosh, I am. And I didn't realize it. So, you know, she's extremely good with follow up and follow through and, you know, ticking boxes. And to the point where one of the questions in the surveys was, do you want to have our longer, you know, meetings once a year, or would you rather more regular meetings of less duration? Yeah. Right. And interesting clients said, I would normally say shorter meetings of, of less duration, except I don't want to say that because it means I'm going to have more homework to do. Yeah. Because after each meeting, she would give them or allocate them um, homework or action items. And I didn't want more of that. So this again is beautiful by being aware of it that I said, well, okay, well, what can you do to try and take away some of that homework and you do it yourself? And I said, like, let's list all the things and everyone can do this list all the things that you make your client, clients go and do. Now, there's some things I have to do. Like you can't go to the gym and get someone else to lift your weights if you want to get stronger, right? You've just got to do them. Um, but things like collecting um, the rent statements, you know, how much rent do they collect every year, um, their pay slips, their um, information on their insurances, what are all the things that you get the client to go away and collect? What could you do instead? And this is all stemmed from now being more aware of what that value is that she brings to the table. Love it. So it was, yeah, this is where, like I said, you start to get the findings from being curious 
and start to inject them into your business. Start to work out, okay, clients are using these words. How can we use these words in our business? How can we use their language? And that awareness can start to translate into the next step, which is about being value competent. Okay. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So this is where you start to really um, embed your value in. So at the end of the day, a lot of the value that you provide is you help clients live a better life. You just so happen to do it by helping them make decisions around their money, but that impact every single stage of their life. So when you can, and that's that's my generic version, You everybody would have their own version, but when you get really clear on that, and then you can say, okay, so this piece of work I'm doing is actually about helping them have a better life. How can I now make sure that's in my website? How can I make sure that I'm talking to them, not about me? So most going on the website, I know that was one of the questions. Um, A lot of website copy is written about you and how good you are and how much experience you've got and how many years you've been in business. But in actual fact, if I'm the client reading that, where, where do I fit in? Where am I? And when you start to become value competent, you realise... I don't need to to spruik how good I am. What I need to do is to help clients realise that I get them, I get the problems they're facing and I get the challenges that are ahead and I know how to help them fix it. So even your web copy, if I jumped on your website, I should, and I was an ideal client, I should see, you know, Kim, do you feel like you've got so much going on in life that you feel like you're on autopilot, that you've got competing priorities for your money, competing priorities for your time, you're trying to do too much and you'd never feel on top of anything, well, that's where we can help. You know, we make sure that you prioritise what you want in life. We make sure that you've got a plan to follow. We make sure that we're going to be here along the way. This is the stuff I want to see in the website. This is the stuff I want you to communicate with clients. And when you get to this step three, you start to be able to do this more easily because you're now more aware of it than you've ever been before. And that's why this is definitely a staged process. You don't get to that point overnight sorry beautiful uh i used to know um business coach slash psychologist and her nickname was uh she she was known as the velvet sledgehammer kim <laughs> you'd really <laughs> feel because she just she'd just go sort of ask a bunch of questions and you have a nice and then she just hit you with but that's not the truth is it it's, it's actually about this and you'd be like no place no place to hide it was perfect oh i love that i love that yeah beautiful and that's why um i'm and this a little bit left of what we're directly talking about. But when you become value competent, you can almost come up with, you know, I'm that person. So um, I know, Stuart, you know, we talked about you being, you know, you're, you're the fix-it guy kind of things. I'm, I'm the value doctor, you know, yeah. where anything to do with value that you want to want help with, improve on, whatever. and when I started using that language with clients, they'd be like, oh, I get it, I get it. So I said, if you want help scaling or automating, I'm not your girl. But if you want help to really understand your value and weave it through your entire business and get it across to more clients so you can grow, then, then yeah, that's, that's something that we should talk about. So, and everyone's got their thing. It's about wanting to, firstly, recognising what that is. Yeah. Um, but then how to, without being corny, how to weave that into something um, that then can go right across your entire business. And I, I think this is it's really important. And when we spoke about it, it sort of hit me that some people, they, they put a label on themselves and you might look at it and go, Oh, how could they do that? 
You know, that would feel funny. And it's because they, 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 they've stepped into it. That's, it's not unusual because they know what they're good at and therefore they can do it. And what's more, when you, when you meet people and, and they've got that sort of reputation, you, when you speak to them and they're really good at what they do, you realize, actually, no, this, that, they, that's, that's what they do. That's what they're good at. And they're comfortable with it. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't look weird because no. Yeah, that's right. And the thing is, you know, we can't be all things to all people. And I know we all know that, but I don't think enough of us in this space are confident enough, which ironically is the next stage, to actually say, hey, this is our thing and go so deep with that thing that you're really good at that you get known for that and people come to you for that. And, you know, other things can come off the back of it, but that's where I think the real value is. And I'll be honest, when I... Um, did that in my own business and I really started to say, hey, you know, this this is really my sweet spot, this value piece. Yeah. And everything I do knows around that that value piece. Um, I got more work and more queries than I ever did before because that's suddenly what people would go, or I'd get people, you know, like you, Stuart, who'd go, oh, if this is what you want, yeah, she's your girl. Or if I now know people that need scale and automation and growing at that level, I know Stuart's the guy. Yeah. Um, so I found that more business opportunities came out as a result. And you'll notice in there, I'm not talking about a niche or a target market or anything like that. Um, I think it's so much more than that. It's just something that you become known for that summarises and captures who you are. You know, like a horse whisperer. If I say that, you kind of get that that's somebody who can almost read the minds of a horse. Um, it's that kind of thing. So that the, the label, but... Being value confident, which is stage four in the process, this is when you're so comfortable that you can also say yes to certain clients and no to others because not all business is good business. So really, if you're going to do your best work, there's certain clients that you can do it with and certain that you can do it, but you're not going to be the champion that you could otherwise be. Perfect. That's, that's a great model. I mean, the first time you showed this to me, I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's really clear. And what I love about it is, it, is it, it, it's probably the best explanation I've ever seen of showing people that actually, you know, it's a journey. And if you do it the yeah. right way, it lines up and it makes sense and it sort of um, yes. jumps in. Did you want, is there anything else you want to touch on that? Or should we just go back and just, just quickly maybe go through some of the, the categories and, and touch on them? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. And the other thing is that, you know, like I said, too many people are not willing to put the time and effort in. So they, they, Again, they want this proposition that they can use. They want that magic bullet. And it's, it's not like that. There is the process, but if you stick to it, you follow it. Like I said, I've become the biggest nightmare of a client anywhere. Uh, mind you, I'm, I'm sure my advisor likes working with me. But because I'm so acutely aware of it, but I think that makes you better in business anyway. Um, and it, if you're looking at then increasing your fees, if you're looking at making changes to anything that you're delivering or yeah. you know offering a new service, then this is always the foundation for you to be able to do that. So there's so many benefits about doing it. But, yes, you've got to put the time into doing it. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. So can you give us an idea? Like if you, if you, if you were treating this as a project in your business and you go, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start at the bottom, like what sort of timeframes at each stage yeah. should you be investing? Yeah, okay, so I, there's a couple of ways that I work with clients at the moment. So sometimes I just do what I call a value clarity day where for one day we just go and talk about all of these four steps, um, but it's only over one day. So it gives you the framework and the background that you need, but where the real value actually starts is 
after the day when we start implementing things. You know, we, we get you to do a survey. If you've done that, we then start to look at the copy that you're doing. We start to look at conversations that you're having with clients, um, paraphernalia or supporting documents that you use, what's the language in there. Yeah. Um, and then we do that. We start looking at tools that you can use, templates, cool. even things like video. So I do that. The other thing that I'm doing, I don't know if this is the right time to talk about it, is I've <laughs> been threatening for years to create an online course which goes through these four stages. Yes, yeah, um, about that. But what I want to do now is to actually pilot doing this over a six-month um, period where for sort of one, one month, sort of four to five weeks, we look at each stage in detail and we work on it together as a group. We get you to do activities. We get you to go out and, you know, do the value curious stage, do that, bring it back, what does it mean? And then we go through each of the four stages. Um, so that's certainly something that I'm looking at piloting at the moment. I don't know if there's anyone on here that might be interested and, Tell me when it's the time to talk about that. No, let's talk about that because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sort of, uh, sort of five, 5 to 11. Yes. So chat about the working group and then what we can do, circle back and sort of run through, um, yeah, run through the, uh, the, each of the questions. So you're starting a working group, which is all around this. Um, yes. About, so how many people do you want in the group? How's it going to work? Um, okay, so what I want to do is I'm, I want to start after the financial year. So uh, I, I understand that people are very um, strapped for time right now. But anyone who's really serious about this and they want to give it a go and they don't want the magic bullet. So what I want to do is over the six months from July to December is have, it's going to be online, so to speak, but live. So each week we would jump on a webinar like this and we would discuss each of those stages and the activities to do. I then give you action items where, say, if it is a survey, you've got to go away, we've got to build it, we've got to do it, we've got to get the feedback, we've got to come back, and then we discuss it. And each stage of the four steps, we would have about four weeks of calls together where we work through it as a group yep. to get feedback. I want, And because it's a pilot group, I want feedback, I want to know what's working, I want you to engage me throughout that, saying this works, that doesn't, I need more help with this. And we would do that for each of the four stages over the six months. Gotcha. So I want it to be very, very practical. And I look, ideally, I'd like a maximum of 10 people. Yep. Because I, I want to work quite closely with you to develop it. And this is instead of doing the digital online course. Yep. Um, I, I think this is going to be a better way because it's great to learn online. But to get the feedback or the people, this is where I get a lot of my benefit is yep. people coming back saying, hey, Kim, I've had this conversation with a client and I'm just getting nowhere. What could I do differently? It's like, okay, why don't we do it like this instead? Why okay. don't you send this email instead of that one? Cool. Um, so anyone, and look, ideally I'm looking at charging about 3000 for it in the new world if, if it is something of um, interest. But for the pilot group to do the full six months, weekly catch-ups, all the support, templates, dialogue, get their feedback, get their testimonials and what have you, um, I'll do it at 50% off. So 1500 for the entire six months, six if anyone's months. interested. Working with yeah. you, you personally? With me personally, absolutely. I think you mentioned it's covering all that stuff, the value proposition, what you should put on your website, how to talk about it, price fees, all the rest of it. Yep. So all the documents you need to support it, the conversations you need to have, so that involves scripts, it involves templates, Everything that I've got, everything that I've done and I've worked on over the last 20 years in this value space, I'm literally bringing to the table. And, Perfect. you know, if it 
if it works and it goes well, then I might charge 30 grand for it next year. <laughs> People are interested in that. And I, mean, I guess once you've, you've filled it, that's, that's closed. How should they just put it, just find, like literally put up their hand and say, I'm, I'm interested. Absolutely. Just say you're interested. Um, like I said, it's, I'm in working stage at the moment, putting it together. So if you were interested, I'd love to be able to bounce some ideas off you. You know, do we have weekly calls? I'm very much in the pilot stage and I, I want, I'm going to use this term, I want guinea pigs to participate with me and help me build this so that it's exactly what you want. But at the end of the day, you get to work through it in your business at the same time. So that, that's ideally what I'm looking for. Perfect. Let's... um. Let's talk about these pieces. So that's the framework, which I think is really good to sort of run through. Talk, let's talk about value proposition. What's your best uh, insight you can give to some, somebody who's asking, you know, um, and I'll pull out a specific question. What's the best way? Yeah, what's the best way to approach articulating the value and this value proposition thing? What's the best tip you can give? Okay. Um, wow, that's a massive question. Sorry. Um, so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, so firstly, there, there is no one answer. But what I really love is I did this little mini course a little while ago and it was a woman walking you through an intromercial. So not infomercial, it's an intromercial. And okay. I'm actually going to test that process in this pilot um, program. course, the program I'm going to do because I haven't... I haven't tested on other people yet. I've only tested on myself. <laughs> but what it does is it highlights, so I would say something like financial advisors choose to work with me when they're at a point where they've already started their own business but they're struggling with, and what are the three problems they're struggling with? They've got no time, they've got no headspace, and they've got no capacity to work out what they do next to grow their business. Then through working with me and looking at a formula around value, we're able to solve their problems and then there's three things that we solve so we can get them more time back, more clarity, yep. whatever it might be. And if they can do that, then they're able to live that life where they can work with more people, they can make more money and they can build something that makes them really proud. So that sort of, and she does it in 17 and a half seconds. But what I love about this wow. is, one, it talks about who she works with very, yep. very high overview. Two, it talks about the problems that they have. Yep. So, you know, if I was, you know, a financial advisor on the other side of that, I'd think, wow, that sounds like me. So you're sort of weeding out the ones that would be a good fit and ones that aren't. Um, three, it starts to highlight a little bit about the work that we do. So we work together, we work hands-on, we work one-on-one, -on -one, we whatever it might be. And it also shows and highlights some of the solutions that you provide. At no point in any of that is... We do investments, we do insurance, we do superannuation, et cetera. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then from that intromercial, you're able to then take snippets of it, like understanding what business you're in, you know. So we're really about helping people live a better life and helping them make decisions around their money because money impacts every single part of their life and that's what we do, the yeah. way we do it. So you, you can get these captions that you can then use as one-liners or elevator rants, not pictures, <laughs> rants. I, that's, I think that's just beautiful. Um, but it gives you the material that you need to then take the bits and pieces um, and put it where you need to, whether it's in marketing, whether it's in a conversation. But all of it answers kind of the who, what, where and why. 
in 17 and a half seconds. Yeah, I love that. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. I've got, I think, a, a cheat sheet which has got 17 different ways, but that's that's the one I always come back to because it's tough. Yeah, absolutely. And where you get a lot of the ammunition for what you put in there is when you do the survey with your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so let me. Go. Glenn's got a good question, and I know why he's asking it. Uh, so I'm going to put it to you. Glenn, yes. you would love to, to hear your thoughts or some examples of how advisors who are good at this are articulating their value in such a way that it doesn't come off as, now, I'm awesome, look at me, fig jam, you know? So the best way that I see advisors do this is when they tell a story about a client they've helped. So instead of um, just, you know, why me, it's like when someone says, what do you do? It's like, you know what? I have a client. They were in this situation and, and you outline the situation and through my help and making some changes, tweaking their decisions, changing their behaviours, we were able to get them on this path. I, I still to this day believe there is nothing more powerful than telling a story to help people understand what it is that you do. Totally agree. And just just if I can share that on a really quick note, and this almost is like a value proposition. I was in Thailand with my husband last year and we're swimming in the ocean, surfing the waves, and there's two other guests with us. Now, one owns a really big real estate agency in Turak, one owns a big construction company. So my, my husband, sorry, backing up, is a risk advisor. So these two guests we're in would be ideal clients because they're both sort of in their late 40s. So while we're surfing the waves, there's a parasailer flying over the top and the other guests were saying, oh, I'd love to do that parasailing. And my husband said, do you know what's funny? A client of mine, this is true, my client of mine was here at Club Med Phuket last year doing the parasailing and the parasailing, the, the what is it, the parachute, came down and hit the water so hard that she broke her foot. Um, and then he goes on to say, and it was interesting, so one night I'm sitting on the couch and I saw that she had a broken foot. He is actually her risk advisor and he said, I knew that she had a broken bones clause in her income protection policy <laughs> and I was able to get her 13 grand tax free when she got home from her holiday. So he told that story just while we're surfing the waves. All of a sudden, this real estate agent and this construction guy said, oh, my God, how do I get me some of that? Now, if he had have said, I'm a risk advisor and I put in place protection strategies that help people mitigate the risk of life throwing you a nasty what if and blah, 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 I don't reckon they would have said yet. Yeah, I reckon they would have got the next wave back to the shore. So when you can get a story that can capture what you do quite succinctly, my husband tells that story way better than I do, um, and it's a real-life story, that nothing, nothing makes a better value proposition than that in my mind. And presumably, I mean, I've seen a lot of people who fall into the trap of they're telling a case study and they dive deep into, so we rolled this yeah. money over here and we did yeah. this. And we don't, yeah. They don't care. What they care no, is not yet. they were in this problem, here's the outcome yeah. they got, and, you know, bang. Spot on. That's exactly right. So, yeah, it's getting that fine line between enough information that somebody on the other end goes, oh, my gosh, that sounds like me, versus too much information where I go, wow, I'm bored. That's perfect. Yeah, so, again, getting that really succinct. So that, that, and everyone, every single advisor has got a story where they have literally turned someone's life around and if they can get really good at doing it, that's the best value proposition you could ever, ever come up with if you get that bit right. And the beautiful thing about that is you could have a number of different ones if you work with different types of clients. So, um, and again, that's part of, it's part of the work I do anyway, but it's certainly part of what I want to really tighten up 
with advisors in this program. I thought of something that you could put in there, and I reckon this is a little value add for people here. Grab, grab a notebook, one that you're going to carry with you, and every single time you come out of a meeting or a discussion with a partner or any sort of discussion with clients, write down one story that you could tell other people that came from that. And yes. I, yes. I think if you, if you had a structure to it, you'd find that every day there is at least two or three great stories that you are taking yes. that are just appearing, and most yes. of the time you're not even aware of it. Cool. Oh, so true. So true. Love so it. true. And, hey. and even the other one is just write down a list of all the people's lives you've changed over the last 12 months. Okay, and what it is that you did to change it. You just do that and you keep adding to that. And I tell you, um, I get a lot of advisors that, that question their own worth and their own value. You do that and you start to go, wow, fruitcake, I really am valuable and I'm worth it. I'm, I'm worth putting my prices up. So, Jeff, yeah. Jeff is um, actually one of our original program members. Uh, oh, cool. He is, he's, honestly, you, if you want to see a man with passion, get him talking about some of the clients. He just... You know, he fires up, you know, when he's had stories of people, he's had to, you know, clip around the ear and get him. So, yeah, this is gold for you, Jeff. You've got your own man full of stories. There's no doubt. Yeah. Love hey, it. This has been awesome. And I'm, I'm, I know we're sort of uh, running over. Yes. Uh, we'll keep going as long as you want, Kim, but I, I also don't want to sort of take the mic. But there's a question that came up from uh, Greg, which I think is relevant. Yes. He's, he's, he's curious if there are any great advisor websites you recommend uh, – that appeal well to their target market. Oh, man. Um, I'm laughing because I'm obsessed with advisors' websites and I don't see enough of the really good ones. Um, yeah. But there are a couple that I love. And the reason I love them, let me explain. Firstly, they use a language that's all about me. Yep. Secondly, they talk to me as a person. It's not just how good they are. And you... You're testing me. There's, a, there's an accounting business. This is accounting, but they're still, their website's beautiful. There's an accounting business in Brisbane called Inspire.Business. I love, this is one of my favourite websites. And I actually spoke to the, web, the people that created it the other day to find out, you know, all about it and potentially using that with some of my clients. And I said, you know, and who did the copy? And um, thinking it was them and they said, oh, the business did it. It's like, oh, I'm Inspire.Business. Is it uh, Inspire Financial or? No, do Inspire.Business. Got business. They would have paid a fortune for that. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Let me bring it up. And, and for anyone that's interested, I've got a whole lot of them. I save websites as a hobby. <laughs> um, oh, that'd be awesome. But when I'm looking for something, I've got a whole list of them. I just, I'm going to struggle to think of them off the top of my head. That's right. I've, I've got one I'll share as well. I'll share, we'll bring that one up. I'm not going to bring it up. I'm going to share this one because when I was in the San Francisco last, I met with the guys who started this, um, the business called Levanto Financial. And what I, really liked, what I really liked about them is because they're a tech startup thing, they're all data-driven. So their whole approach was just to look at what actually works from a, from a numbers point of view. So I'm just, uh, so what do you like about it? I love that, okay, so I'm a business owner and ironically, you know, if I'm in the market for an accountant, this speaks to me. It speaks my language. It talks to me. It uses um, even the, the navigation bar at the top. They've got like problems we solve. The problems are, you know, make more profit, better cash flow, uh, more time with your family. Like it's, it's just beautiful. Yeah, there it goes. So look up the top at the navigation bar. It's got problems we solve. But everything through the entire website is like it's speaking to me. It's, 
it's I, like I, I get on this website and I don't want to get off and I go on it all the time. Um, and even on the problems we solve in the three sections, yeah, they have, they've then got a little one-minute video explaining what that's all about. They use an analogy or a metaphor to make it really clear. Like one of them on the cash flow one, I think it's, you know, that most businesses um, are got, uh, running their business like they're blind. It's kind of like, you know, in an aeroplane navigating without the GPS. Like they use a beautiful mix of analogy and metaphor. It's all about the fact that, yeah, you've got a business, but most of us also want to have more time with our families. Um, it's just beautiful. And, and the most encouraging thing about this website, like I said, I've been in touch with the guys that put it together. The owners actually wrote the copy. So you yeah. can imagine what their methodology is. So, Timmy, if I'm looking to move accountants, who am I going to? I am going straight to these guys. Let's, can I just talk very quick? I'm going to ask you a straight question on this. Uh, do you think if you're going to get good at this, it's, it's possible to outsource the copy production or have you got to do it yourself? Oh, <laughs> okay. If you're clear on your value but you're not necessarily a writer, you can outsource it as long as two things. The copywriter is not just going to have free reign to do whatever, but they interview you, they understand you, they understand your language and do all of that rather than writing yourself. Now, these guys did write it themselves, but they might have had some help tweaking it, but they knew exactly what they wanted to say and they didn't get that overnight. They've done a lot of course, I, I did ask. Yeah. They've done a lot of personal development. They've yeah. done a lot of courses and, you know, stuff that we've been talking about. That they knew what their value was. They knew the message that they wanted to get across so it made the copy easy. Most advisors don't get to that point. So website copy just becomes more words on the page. So um, I don't think you need to do it yourself, but you've got to know what your value is, the language, how to say it, and then get a copywriter that can actually capture that in essence. Love it. Um, Susie Munro, who doesn't do web copy anymore, she was brilliant at doing this, absolutely brilliant. Although, um, I don't know, Susie, if you've still got your offer where she will look at someone's website and give them tips around things that they should do differently and, and that. And, Glenn, absolutely less is better. Yeah. I'm busy. I don't want to read wads of text. That's why video is really helpful. Yeah. Give me less, but if you're going to give me less, make sure what you've got is valuable and meaningful. So I want more white space. I want less words, but I want words in my language that are speaking directly to me, not about you. The amount of websites that say we've been around for 50 years, we do this, 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 and this. It's like, where am I in that? I, I need to be in it if you want to get me. Love it. I, I subscribe to the, idea, the Japanese idea that perfection is when you, you can no longer take anything else away. And yeah, like, absolutely. A place where you're just, you're just condensing, 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 condensing. You're, yep. you're, you shouldn't be adding. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah, it's super hard. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes you need to do a bit and step away and then do a bit and step away, it's, which is why it can take a while. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so if you, you find someone like a Susie Munro, um, there's another girl that I'm using um, here in Melbourne Sorry, called Sam. Ruth and she's really good at this stuff too. Yeah. Susie's one of those um, very gifted people who, um, yeah, is so gifted. <laughs> she just, she just ends up super, super busy, but um, I've spoken to her a few times. I know. She's very good at this. So, um, I, I, oh, I like this one too. Wasn't she working on a? Anyway, we won't. We won't make this about Susie, but I know there was something she's had in the in the pipeline or something. Anyway, um, this is another one. I, I met with these guys over when I went to the states. They are what's coming. What seems to be appearing more and more in the US is financial planners bringing in cash flow coaches. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Bringing this coach yeah. in six months, we'll get it sorted. And Levanto kind of, they, they stole a march on this about two years ago. And the reason why I really like this site is firstly, because it's, it's, you know, it's a completely online offer. But the other yep. thing, they tested this and the conversation we had is they started off with, um, we are your own personal bookkeeper or your own personal concierge. And they, it didn't work. And they went and tested why. And, and the, the reason was so simple that people, the kind of target market they were after thought that a bookkeeper is someone who has to take direction. They wanted somebody oh. to take the lead. So they flipped it over to, I think the second one in there, which is, uh, no, it's, uh, we, yeah, Levanto is everyone's household CFO. Changed everything. Yeah, beautiful. So that's when you start. I even love things like gift of time and, you know, things that really are going on in people's lives. Yeah, exactly. Um, Stuart, on that too, there's another one over in the States too. It's, um, they target uh, millennials, but it's called Stash Wealth. And again, for the same reasons that we're talking about, it speaks directly to millennials. Um, using their language, everything is about millennials, their offer, but their website is just golden. Home of the Henrys, love it. How, is yeah, there, Henrys, which is high earner, not rich yet. I know, I love if it. Anyone's um, not aware of it. Is there one you'd recommend for, for businesses that target uh, an older market? Like retire? Yes, yes. Um, again, it's another American one, but it's called the Retirement Answer Man. The Retirement so, Man. Yeah, and it's all about retire, retirement, um, no surprise. Um, he does a podcast. There's a brilliant podcast all for retirees. Roger Whitney? Uh, pardon? Sorry, keep going. Oh, Retirement Answer Man. Just type that in and see what comes up. But his whole website, again, it, it's if you're thinking, uh, sorry, if you're about to or planning to or at retirement stage, this whole website just talks to you and he's got different ways that you can engage. You can have the full kitten caboodle. You can just shy it, sign up to his membership program, which is I think it's about $40 or $50 a month, and he's got an incredible amount of content out there. But this is talking just to those who are planning on or already retiring. So it wouldn't be of any interest to me. Um, but my parents, amazing. Look at that. Find your best retirement with conversations, not equations. That's a, yeah. that's a generational value thing. Put your ideal it's retirement. Gorgeous. So good. But um, I guess, yeah, give us a bit of, give us sort of, other than the program, uh, what else is going on in your world? What do you see coming up over the next uh, few months that you think is really important for, for, for people to get their heads around? Yeah, so one of the, I've got another business called Three Genies and we do, um, at this stage, we do animated explainer videos. But the whole premise of Three Genies is around simply communicating, so getting your message across easier. So we're starting to expand that to not just be animated video, but to also, um, for those that want to communicate with their clients through podcasts, so helping them set up and run a podcast, yeah. um, who want to do normal face-to-face videos, so helping you get that ready and doing all the editing and everything. And then we're looking at putting the copy piece in there as well. So if you're putting a website together or you need blogs written. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this because a really big piece of value is being able to deliver value to clients on a regular basis and do it on scale. And either by doing podcasts, doing videos or writing, they're the three main ways of doing it. And again, it's not a lot of, it's not a key strength of a lot of advisors. So it's how can we help them do that more effectively? So that's, that's kind of floating my boat um, a bit too. So Sounds good. we're in this space, yeah. I was thinking you've got what, because I know you do a lot of work with uh, Danielle. Yeah, she's my business partner on Three Genies. So you've got three genies. Yes. Nine rock. Yes. Sorry, nine rock. Yes. Five elk. 
Five Hearts Danielle's business. You and should three do a blanket company over and call a Fibonacci group and just, <laughs> but I don't know, two, <laughs> two something else. But yeah, Kim, this has been this has been awesome, and uh, I hope everybody else has, has has really enjoyed it as well. Um, as I said, when we sat down and had that chat, I just yeah, I I, I really enjoyed spending time with you and sort of the discussions we've been having and the, and the, the, the ongoing work, I was really pleased that we could sit down and talk about this stuff. Cause I think the gift that you have and the ability to work with people, I think is something, yeah, that a lot of people need both at a business level, but yes. more importantly, with everything that's going on, I think people just need to be able to step into this and feel confident um, and not feel like it's, you know, understanding your value is like something that, that is unattainable, that it, there's yeah. steps to go through and you get there. Yeah. Gradually, <laughs> certainly. Oh, no, I love it. Thank you. And But Stuart, just equally on that. Um, so, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I've been wanting to put together this online course and do all of this. And it's thanks to Stuart that I'm actually sitting on this webinar talking about it because I would have postponed this otherwise just because I've got a fair bit on at the moment. I would have postponed it. So ditto back to you. You are such an enabler of change and getting people to take action that... I'm, I can't speak more highly of you and what you've done to me to get me to get a move on and do things that I should have done ages ago. So thank you for, for this. Is a, this is a wonderful relationship. I'm, I'm looking I'm forward to more about what we can do together. I love it. Literally, I, I took some photos off her website, started social media marketing. <laughs> like, do you know what, Jen? We should, we should probably actually tell her that, <laughs> you know, just confirm that she's doing it. And, and I was like, nah, let's just do it and I'll speak to her next week. So, no, it's been... Yeah. It's been super fun and yeah. uh, thank you for this. Thanks to everybody thank you. for turning up. If you do have any questions, shoot them through. If you do want to connect with Kim, the address is Kim at nine rock uh, with a nine rok dot com dot au. Yes. That, uh, for everyone on the program, stay tuned. We've got uh, the accelerator coming up. Please register for that as well as a bunch of other stuff. If you haven't got the monthly snapshot, please let me know so we can send it through. Other than that, everybody, have a great weekend. Uh, the Insight webinar will be back at the end of the month, uh, 30, I think the 30th of May. I'm doing a session with Chris Yenner on systematization and X-Plan and automation and the rest of it. But uh, Kim, have a great weekend. What are you, what are you up to, by Thank the way? Thank you. Uh, kids sport all weekend. Yeah. So basketball, football, running around, taxing, that whole thing. So It could be worse. It could be swimming and cricket. Which oh, is, is that what? What's your weekend uh, look like? like my, my weekend is uh, I got a friend coming down from Canberra. Yeah. And we're having a wedding in the baby's head, which is two streets that way. So that's oh, going to be fun. Cool. Uh, but other than that, actually, I was I was driving down the street back from a coaching meeting the other day, and I'm just driving down the street, and on the corner, someone had left. You know, one of those um, arcade sort of they got yeah. the steering wheel and they got yeah. the and this chair, and I sort of stopped. I was like, got out. There's this guy sat there. I was like. What's going on with that? And the, guy, and the guy said, Brazilian guy, he said, someone just dropped it off. And I said, do you want it? And he said, no. So I picked this thing up, put it back in the car. It doesn't work. But obviously, Nate, my two-year-old, two and a half, just loves cars. So I walk oh. in with this bucket seat, car, pedals, and he's just like, so we're going to set that up in the, uh, in the lounge this weekend. Uh, we're going to stick right. basically a driving, you know, that French escape thing, and I'm just going to sit in there and, and just be dad of the year for <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you're going to have just as much fun as he is. So I'm going to try and get it to work. That's, 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 <laughs> that's cool. Fix it. That's your thing. Fix it. Fix it. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Kim, right. well, thank you, thanks ben. so much. Have thanks a great you. weekend and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Ciao. Bye. So there we have it. How good was that conversation with Kim? Uh, I hope you took as much from it as I did. If you get to sit down with her one-on-one and she manages to have one of those, here's what you're all about moments, then you'll know what I'm talking about. 
once again, I want to thank you so much for listening to The Finnovator. Uh, it means a lot to me. Would you do me a favor? Uh, if you like it, one of the most powerful things that uh, I think when it comes to podcasts is uh, you know, peer validation. If you like this, I would love it if you would just go down to whichever podcast platform you're using, whether it's iTunes or Podbean, and just leave a review. Preferably five-star if you wouldn't mind, uh, and let me know what you love about it, uh, what's been your favorite episode, and what you've taken from it. Uh, I think that uh, will firstly help me to get it out there, but help other people who are maybe looking at it and wondering if it's worth their time, get an understanding of what it's all about. That's it for me. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. I'm about to head home and take over for the day. Uh, from Rachel, uh, looking after our young daughter, Hermione. Is she young? Oh, she's young. Yeah, she's six. I hope you've enjoyed this. As always, uh, feel free to subscribe, share, and uh, I will see you very, very soon for the next episode of The Finnovator. Take care.